Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. This is your host, Good Luck Chuck. We are back here with another episode of Kingdom Cast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share all your social media platforms. Uh, we are black. We are back as Chiefs rookie <laughs> minicamp. Well, okay, yeah, everybody knows we're black. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I knew he was gonna catch that country. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, yeah, we're back with another one, people. Um, so Chiefs rookie minicamp has concluded, so we'll get into that for a little bit. Uh, before we get into that, I'd like to introduce my guy, Country, to the top right hand of the screen. And then we welcome back another member of the Kansas City Sports Network. He the is the best looking the fire. member. <laughs> <laughs> he is the fire. He is the desire. He is the passion of KC Sports Network. If y'all didn't see that video clip earlier. <laughs> You, man, you the hype man, my guy. <laughs> I love moments. But yeah, I had never, seen, host, man. I had I never seen that clip. Oh, for real? No, I missed that you one. You don't remember that? You don't remember I, that clip? I, I, I remember. He, I, I heard about it. I never actually seen it. That was amazing. That was a, <laughs> that was a Chargers Kelsey touchdown. Yep. Yeah, the overtime game, man. Yep. I Everybody was hyped on that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hell yeah, man. <laughs> so yeah, was, one of the main hosts, one of the main hosts, man. Um one of the main hosts uh we hosting the hosting with Maddie Lane and Craig Stout every week. Uh we'd like to welcome back Ken Swanson. Ken, how you doing, <laughs> man? Well, I just I finally got guilted into coming back by country. So he kind of put the heat on me a little bit because I had to cancel on y'all a couple weeks ago. <laughs> And so he's like, he, just, he literally tags me on Twitter like last week and is like trying to put the heat on a little bit in the public square. I'm like, come on, man. You're here. Peer pressure. <laughs> You're here. Peer pressure. It works. It works. And, uh, country, I'll do anything for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Let me write that yeah, down. I, I should probably have not said that. Can we... <laughs> country, Can we... I'll do anything for you. Kent Swanson. Oh, we know, okay. we know how this is gonna end. Yeah, we'll I put that, that in my pocket. I'm gonna use it. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely clicking that. <laughs> so yeah, oh, man. So, yeah. It's been so, a while. It. It's been a while. Yeah, the, since we seen you, Kent. The last time I saw you, and well, not last time I saw Chuck because Chuck came to uh to Kingdom Bar. Last time but, I saw a country in person, we're standing in the crowd. Uh, there's, oh, a of, there's a bunch of KC Sports Network guys hanging out, uh, and y- you guys are there. Boogie's there, and and Country said something that wasn't age appropriate. And and by the way, the whole the whole uh, the whole KCSN crew's there. I just turn to Country. I just go, "Yo, Country, there are kids around," and he just goes, "Yeah, sorry, Tucker." <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, Tucker, Sorry. you sound how you tweet. <laughs> Tucker was getting destroyed, that poor kid that day. I Everybody did. was going in on him, and then you just you just threw a haymaker on him right there. <laughs> I love Tucker. Tucker, you do a great job. Tucker's a man. That was also the day I yelled at McCall Hartman, and he turned up and looked at the stands at me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that too. BJ <laughs> said, "Dude, stop cussing, bro. You're you're cussing too much." And I was like, "Okay, my bad. Sorry, BJ." BJ <laughs> called him that day. 
We had fun though. That was training camp, same joke. Can't wait to do it again, to be honest with you. But that was a good day. That was a good day. It was. It's good seeing y'all getting to hang out a little bit. I think we hung out a little bit after the uh after the after practice was over and all that stuff. You know, it's just an excuse to see everybody, you know. A little bit, yeah. It was nice. Um just speaking of St. Joe, uh rookie minicamp just wrapped up. Um the word on its the word on the street is George Kalafis. Uh, did I say it right? Mm-hmm. I was yeah. just close enough for me. George had a good week, a couple days. Um and Justin Ross is the media darling right now. Is he Bobby Scipio or is is this some substance oh, here? Oh hell. Man, <laughs> I don't you know what? I, I think there's a chance, like people forget like and like i know there's been a lot that's happened since his rookie or since his freshman year of college but he was in, he was incredible he was like and all the all the george pickens hype like there was a lot of like justin ross was in that same kind of tier his his freshman year he's had some injuries he had a spine issue that about ended his career but like i mean this dude is he's good and so i mean there's a reason to get excited about him because like he's, he's at no cost to the chiefs right like this isn't it this is a all reward, no risk move. This is a, a bet on a guy that could potentially be, you know, a, a contributor on this football team. I'm not going to say he's going to be some elite superstar receiver, but even if he comes in, he can be 90% of what he's been. Like, that's a really big win for this team. He makes the football team and he plays the next four years for, for nothing on the, on the, on the cap, really. So, like, I mean, there's a chance. Like, this guy has a legit chance to actually make it. What's up, Nathan? Look at this guy getting props. <laughs> What's up, Nathan? Kent Kent got five shows. You go to his show and you tell him. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, does he just have to be better than Demarcus Robinson? I mean, he just has to do enough to stick around for a year. If you ask me, if that that sounds weird, but like, sure. I mean, yeah. You want to say that? I don't think he even has to be that. He just has to show that physically he's getting back. Physically, he's close to where, you know, close to capable because he's a guy you try to stash on that roster because the payoff is worth it. So, you know, I know it could get tricky with cut down time when it comes to special teams, but like if Justin Ross just shows enough to sit, you know, to make the roster in year one, that's huge because I think you're hoping that eventually everything clicks for him physically, you know? And so, like, I don't, I think the bar is pretty low for him to actually clear honestly you know so like i don't i don't think he's gonna take much for him to to actually make this team it's just you know, he's got to show some promise show some growth and they got to be willing to potentially eat a roster spot to kind of just hold on to him a little bit navigate that a little yeah uh the way i see it man like with him you know you can see the you can see the potential um, I know there was like a few clips. There was a clip of him, you know, stumbling on a route or whatever. The little turf monster got to him and everything. <laughs> but like, it just it's just feel, this kind of feels like like a one year deal. I guess they, they may do the same thing with him, like they did with Malik Heron, and mm-hmm. you know, just try to get him right and everything. I mean, do you think that's the stronger possibility versus him actually uh, contributing even a little bit this season? I just like it's it's tough because like I think. I don't know if he's allowed to be doing. I, I you got you got to check on how he's got to like what he's got to be able to. Like Malik Herring basically got a red shirt, right? 
And right. so as long as Justin Ross meets the threshold requirements for a red shirt, which I don't know if these OTAs count. I don't know if um, I don't know if the rookie mini camps count where you can be stashed. Cause like Malik Herring, I believe was able to get stashed because they put him on pup list or something like that for the entirety of the season. So as, as long as they can, maybe they can finagle that a little bit. And as long as he meets those requirements and doesn't participate, like I don't think he can participate in training camp at all. He goes on pup before training camp starts then they have kind of a window to kind of navigate that could be an option just depends on where he's at physically but um i by that's what's going to be so interesting is how how he his body bounces back it sounded like andy said hey he's knocking off the rust a little bit you know so it's going to be worth now it's going to be worth monitoring like that's one of the big storylines i think you're going to see is like okay are people starting to get even more hyped in the building about justin ross and if so, then he's probably going to have to make the football team if you're going to keep him around. Yeah. What's what's the what's the more exciting training camp battle you're looking for? Wide receivers or DBs? Because corners is real thick right now. It's a lot of guys, and of course, I just watched your uh, episode about Bradbury's. A lot of talk about that. A lot of smoke there. You know, maybe we're still interested. Maybe we're not. Um, those two battles look good. It's going to be a lot of competition at wide receiver, a lot of competition at cornerback. I, I like the safety group, too. I think that's going to be some big decisions. Also, sneakily, the running back room looks like it's going to be a fight, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. okay, all right, so we're going to play a game. After the draft, because we, we've, we've discussed the draft picks to and fro, back and forth. What position groups got better after the draft? Well, I, I uh, think the ones we named, so corner. corners, safeties, linebackers. Linebackers. Yep. I, I, I want to add the offensive line. I want to add the offensive line got better with Kennard. Yeah. Quickly sure. with Kennard. Yeah. Um. Wow. <laughs> it really seems like the whole team got better after the draft. They did. And but like it's tough because like this was the most also this is the most incomplete roster Veach has had heading into the draft too. You know, so it's not like it's it's not as settled as settled as it's been in the past. This team has been more established, you know, they've entered draft saying, "Okay, you know, we pretty much have a starter at every single position. We could roll with this team. Yeah, there's some weak spots, but we could roll with this team. Like that's something that they've they've you know done a lot. This year, they had holes before the draft. Like they had real holes at corner, edge rusher, receiver. Like they had needs, you know. And so it's kind of tricky to say. You can't really compare it to some of these other recent ones, like. Yeah, they got better, but they also had way more needs than they ever had on this roster. So, like, that's where it gets a little interesting. But, I mean, they, I mean, they crushed this draft class. They crushed this draft class, and they got better, and they got real guys that can actually potentially make an impact. I mean, even Darian Kennard in round five has a chance to make an impact. Was was this draft a layup, or did did Beach really do some work? Oh, Veach. I, I say, I say, I say that because we had twelve picks. It's kind of hard to fall on your face with 12 picks if it's possible though <laughs> no, it's happened dude it's happened dude no I, he crushed it man he crushed it he absolutely crushed it. think about it so okay so i don't think they you know if you go and listen back it doesn't seem like they had a plan or anticipated trent mcduffie was going to be there right 
right. they didn't come up with a lot of scenarios where they were going to go up for Trent McDuffie. He's there. They go do it. They go make the move. They get, a, I think, one of their first-round grades. Like I'm pretty sure that was a first-round grade for them, just the way he talked about it. And you don't make that trade up with a guy that you didn't create a ton of scenarios for unless he's a first-round pick. They, they had good instincts to let to sit and let Karloftis fall to him. That's another win. So, like, that's two. You got a blue-chip player that you uh, who you think is a blue-chip player, McDuffie, and then you sat there and just trusted that the board would fall to you at edge. Then you trade back a little bit on the Sky, on the Sky Moore deal where they would have felt comfortable taking him at 50. Okay, cool. You trade back a little bit. You get a fifth-round pick. That fifth-round pick turns into Darian Kennard. Like, that's him actively making really smart moves up and down that board two days straight. And then I think he did a good job on day three, too, you know, moving up for Kennard, you know, moving uh, and taking Josh Williams and being able to take Josh Williams. I, I, I don't think there's anything you can complain about. Shoot, I think Isaiah Pacheco might make this team. I think he might wind up being a decent player for this team. So, like, I think I don't. it's not a layup. He did some work and, like, he had as good a draft as he's had in, in five years here. Was the the Sky Moore trade back Canard pickup? Was that the move where it's like, okay, he's in the groove right now? Like, he's literally killing his draft. Like, mm. he can do anything he wants in his draft right now. When they moved back and still got Sky, like, because like that was a time like they traded behind teams that were going to go receiver, right? Like. Right. The Colts were going receiver. And I mean, the Patriots traded up for a receiver. They moved back and got exactly what they wanted still, even in an air in an area of the draft where like and there were the, the receivers were flying. That's a like that's perfect. And Sky Moore fits better than some of the guys that got ta- that got drafted. Like he he fit better than Tyquan Thornton, I think, who the, the Patriots moved up for. So Man, I that was that that move was probably my favorite move, especially considering it. Like, if we look back in four years and Darian Kennard's the starting right tackle, we're gonna go, man, Veach traded back and got Darian Kennard out of this. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Man, so, so um, what was your? I missed it, but I, no, I think I did see when the Patriots selected Taekwon Thornton. I don't know if it was you or Maddie, but it's like, what? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Look, Tyquan Thornton's good. Don't get he me wrong. Is. He's he's good, good. He's a he's good. He's a good player. He's just his his skill set doesn't like. I mean, I would rather have a guy with a little bit more all rounded skill set. Like Tyquan Thornton has one thing he's very good at. He's a very good vertical runner, long speed, and he's actually got he's a little bit more fluid as a route runner too, than some of the other straight line speed guys. But man, I, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't trade up for him. I mean, the Patriots do weird things, man. The Patriots do weird things. I don't think Tyquan Thornton should have gone before sky more, but Hey, more. Would you say, would you, would you say they do strange things? <laughs> That's my area. Like now you're like on <laughs> Chuck. Just not having it. <laughs> I don't get this guy sometimes, man. That was, hey, hey. That was off the dome, baby. Yeah. That was that was dope. That was hey, dope. You're in the pun club now, man. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Country you're in, buddy. Welcome. Okay, usually usually Brett Beach, undrafted free agents. That's that's the area he gets down. 
we didn't really do a lot this year. Like, I don't, and we still got holes. Like, but we didn't do the undrafted free agent where we get twelve guys like we normally do. You yeah, think that was an issue, or we just yeah. had a big draft? We didn't need it. He's made six picks every year before this year, and then he makes ten. Also, he gets really good lottery tickets this year because Mike Rose out of Iowa State, he has a chance to actually make this team. Um, we talked about Justin Ross, legit chance to make this team. Jack Conkren, linebacker out of South Dakota, chance to make this team. Like He got guys that actually potentially could make it. And so I'm not disappointed that he didn't get the volume. I think he's done a really good job historically in the undrafted market. And I think he got guys that have like a legitimate chance of actually making this team. And when you have that, when you include the fact that there's already 10 draft picks here too, like it's impressive. I, I think they did a good job. I think even, I think he did solid with undrafted. Like, obviously I'd like to see more, but I'm not going to get too picky either. Cause he still got some really good ones. How shocked were you that we, that we went 10 picks though? I mean, I'm not super surprised, honestly. I mean, I was hope I, I was hoping for that. Like that was kind of what I was hoping for, and everything that he did this year was exactly what I would have hoped he would have. Like we were hoping for the players that they got when they got him. Sky Moore when he came up, we're like, okay, I hope this is Sky Moore. I think Darian Kennard, like I hope it's Darian Kennard. Like there's Joshua Williams, like I hope this is Josh Williams. George Karloftis, I hope this is George Karloftis. Like we were we were hyped by all these guys, so he just kind of he. He crushed it. And so he he did a lot of things that in the same way I would have 10 picks. I think that's great. I think that's about right. 12 was probably a little bit too many. 10's perfect. And two of those are, are three of those are around seven swings, around seven running back making it, it isn't shocking. And, you know, a couple of corner or defensive back pieces that are worth like kind of taking a look at. Man, I, I think he just kind of had a really solid group all together and like guys that actually have a chance of making the team. So one of the position battles I'm looking forward to seeing is special teams as far as like in a return game. Um, so like you mentioned Pacheco earlier and then I seen that they moved Jerry on Ely from running back to wide receiver. So he might be nerd candidate for a return guy. Like who do you see being like the return guy on this team? Cause they, man, they I need don't, one. Yeah. Need I don't know. Right now. I don't know, man. Like that's, that's like a big question. And yeah, I mean, you heard Veach talk. You heard Veach talk in one of the pressers. I can't remember if it was like during the draft or before the draft. He's basically like, you know, wide receivers, defensive backs, running backs. They, you know, they can turn. They can locate the football. You know, they can they can catch the ball confidently. Like you should be able to give them a shot to get back there. So like I think it's pretty unsettled. You could see guys like Pacheco maybe get back there. You could see, um, you know, I mean, like McColl will probably be factoring in some capacity still. I would anticipate like. They'll probably still throw him back there a little bit. Jerry and Ely, another one of those, another one of those undrafted free agent types. Like, yeah, maybe he's got a shot. Like they've got enough swings that they'll figure it out. And, you know, they've got they got some they got some good talent there. So like I'm not too worried about it. I think it'll get figured out. But like, I mean, Jerry and Ely, that maybe his role is that if he can find a way to be a better return guy and a, a quality return guy, like that could be a big factor in him making the team. Who's the next okay. Marcus Kemp? That's the question <laughs> there is no okay. there is, marcus kemp might be the next marcus kemp oh god <laughs> you know like toe might call him at like august <laughs> one and just be like marcus <laughs> what you doing marcus 
Come be um, a gunner. Okay. We're not going to avoid this question, so I'm going to go ahead and ask Bradbury for less than $5 million and incentives below $8 million, yes or no? Sign me up. I don't know about y'all. I don't know about you, Chuck. Sign me up for that. I'm good with it. We were we were having the debate on the show yesterday. That's that's something I feel comfortable. Good debate. Too. I don't know about you, Chuck. Well, I'm I well I was an advocate for Bradbury like a couple of episodes ago. So I mean for that, so why not? I mean, there's nothing wrong with more bringing in more competition, especially at that position. You know, because it's definitely an unknown right now. Yeah, at, at 13 mil, no, it was a definite no. Uh, five. Yeah, but what do you do? Are you putting McDuffie and Bradbury outside, putting Snead in the middle? Are you? Are you? Because McDuffie said he's learning nickel in corner. Are you moving him inside and then later on pushing him out? Or I mean, how does that shake up the room? You know what it sounds like country. What it sounds like a good problem. Sounds like a good problem. You know, like you've got you've got real tangible depth now. You got two guys that have some inside outside versatility. You kind of make a decision on which one plays best in in those sub packages inside or out. You go with that. And you know, that you add some legit depth to this to this defensive back room, which they've never had. So like I don't care. Just like put the best three cornerbacks out there. Two of those guys have shown an ability to play inside. I mean, that's a good problem if you ask me. <laughs> I hate to do I, another pun, but is sleep a little slept on? Is what? Is sleep. You know Rashad Fenton's nickname is sleep. Come on now. I didn't. It's his Twitter name. The sleep. first time I, I don't, yeah. I don't really follow a ton of uh, players. Be honest with you. Oh, all I do is follow players. I don't, I don't, I don't follow players very often. On uh, everybody's a fan like you, country. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. So Rashad Fenton, thank you. His nickname is Sleep. Do you feel like he's being slept on or swept under the under the rug a little I bit? I just feel bad. I ruined your pun, country. No, it's, uh, all good. <laughs> it's not my game. Hey, he's he's fine, dude. Like, I mean. I, is he slept on? Sure, probably a little bit. He's a quality piece. He's a qual. He's a guy you want on your roster. Um, I think he's better. Like I think you're happy with him as your fourth corner. Which I mean, you know, I, I think you can live with him as a third corner. But like, I think you're fine with him as your fourth corner personally. You know, um, he played well in a, in a in a decent sample size. He had a pretty good year. But at the same time, like, I don't think he's a guy you don't try to get better over. You know, I think you're glad to have him, but. Yeah, I I would probably prefer to, you know, continue to try to, you know, like that's a that's a guy that you can try to replace, you know, and not to say you don't keep him on the roster or anything. You just, you know, I think it's smart to 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 try to add talent over and they kind of have. Yeah, and isn't he like battling like a um a shoulder injury currently at the moment? Last well, like this the other thing, we don't know like like what's up with that? <laughs> you know, like we <laughs> They, they've had a lot of defensive backs. Are we sure he's going to be good to go? And if he's not good to go to start training camp, and like it's, this is a formula for him to get passed over. If James Bradbury does sign with the Chiefs, that's another reason to start questioning, okay, is everything all right with, with Rashad Fenton? You know? I'm sorry, sleep. Is everything all right with sleep? But uh, it's worth asking, I think, if the Chiefs do go after uh, Bradbury. All right, so I need to be, I need to be sold on – 
George Karloff this a little more. I want to talk about him. Okay. All right. So I do see some traits where, that I like. He's very good against the run, right? Um, been hearing a lot of good things throughout mini camp. Um, I, I know Andy Reid quoted saying that he likes to go 100 miles an hour all the time. And they had to slow him down a little bit, you know, during walkthroughs and stuff. Um, Carl Loftus, man, I mean, on average, he averaged like seven and a half sacks per season at Purdue or whatever. Um, at the next level, I kind of need to see a little more than that, honestly, man. Like, <laughs> we need some, we need, we need a guy that's going to actually finish plays. So, like, just, just sell me on Carl Loftus a little more, man. Well, all right. So, all right. Your expectations for pick 30, right? Like, I think that you got to take all that into consideration. At pick 30, if George Karloftis could win quick and turn a corner and have if George if George Karloftis could bend a little bit and have like that kind of you know flexibility through his frame, be able to kind of turn a corner, he wouldn't have been there at 30. Right? I mean, he's a guy that has, you know, he's he's got some unique physical traits, but like bend isn't one of them. And guys that can bend that are his size with his kind of motor, with his kind of football character, that young, that, you know, that linearly explosive, like those guys go top 10. So I think you, you know, if you're, if you're expecting a guy that's really going to come in and completely change your pass rush at pick 30 there, that doesn't happen. That doesn't exist. Like that's not a realistic expectation for a 30th pick, but a guy that can be a really solid rotational player, a guy that can, pl- I mean, I mean, rotations, the light where he can play a lot of snaps. He can be a heavily used defensive end, a guy that's going to play with his hair on fire with a relentless motor that's big, that's powerful on a like explosive laterally or, or uh, linearly. Like he can, he can burst in a straight line. He's going to continue to work to the quarterback if the back end of the coverage you know, holds up strong. Like if you give him a, a sliver of time, he's going to keep fighting every inch to try to get that sack. Like there's value in that. He's not a quick winner, but there's not quick winners. You get at pick 30 very often. So the chiefs did what they could to get a guy that has some physical ability, young coachable, you know, he can still get better. There's still some upside there. maybe he doesn't, he's not flexible. Fine. But like, there's still enough there. And so, I don't know if he's going to be a 10 sack guy ever, but sign me right up for, you know, four, you know, five, eight sack seasons, five, seven sack seasons. I'll take that in a heartbeat at pick 30. Okay. With, with that explanation, does that explain why we dive so deep into the corner market? Because if your secondary is elite, then that benefits a guy like, George, because he takes a little bit longer. If they can hold for three seconds, he he could mm-hmm. he he mostly come out winning in those situations, right? I wouldn't say the plan was to be better in coverage because you drafted George Karloftis, but I think both of those work well together. If that makes sense, like being better in the back end of the secondary is going to help this team if they you know if they can be a little bit better than they were last year, which I think they have the horses and the size, the length, the athleticism to do it. Um. But I don't know if it was necessarily a George play. Now, George can benefit from a team that's making the quarterback hole on the ball an extra tick for sure. And so, like, they could work out really well together. And that would be a big win for this team, too, is, you know, if everything kind of marries itself well. And uh, to this point, you know, you look at on paper, like, you can see a path to that happening, right? 
Yeah. I can see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so okay, so with uh with, with that being said on your full explanation of Carlotis, um He's still not I, so, I, yeah. <laughs> I just I, I don't know, man, like well, uh, well, hold on, hold on, Chuck. Hold on, Chuck. We got time. We got time. Okay. Okay. What are your expectations for George Karloftis? Like, what does he have to do to be successful? Uh, okay. First year, I ain't going to expect him to uh, go crazy like that, right? I mean, it's a learning curve because I do see that he's going to learn that in the NFL, you're not going to be able to use the, the bull rush that you was accustomed to using to, accustomed to using at Purdue like you was, for one. Because everybody in the NFL at office line, they athletic, they have good hands too. So that'd be one adjustment. Um, but like I said, I, I have no issue with him making an impact. With him making an impact against the run and everything. Over time, what I want to see is him just developing, you know, a little few more counters in his game. You know what I mean? Uh, to where he can't improve in that um, pass rushing department. You know, his sack numbers and everything. I'm not saying you got to be like, say, JJ Watt. Yeah. I'm not saying you gotta be that, but you know, just give us like at least ten, eleven at some point. So, so can he be Tamba Holly? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll take that or Jared Allen. Give me Tamba Holly and Jared Allen are like the top end of his career, though. Like, I just like and like. Okay, to be fair, I mean, like Tamba had a fourteen and a half sack season, a twelve sack season, an eleven sack season. Like Tamba is like, you don't get that guy at thirty very often. And the Chiefs didn't get that guy at thirty; they got that guy at twenty. You know, and so, I mean, you, like, it's just, I think you just like, yes, George Karloftis, like, he is not gonna. I don't think he's gonna ever be that guy. But like, I don't think he has to be that guy to be a successful top thirty. You know, thirtieth pick in the draft, honestly. Like I just like expectations kind of matter when it comes to all this. Like if you set your expectations appropriately, I think you're going to, you can, you can see like, he'll be a pretty good football player. I really do think he'll be a, you know, a solid rotational piece, but like, man, that's a really lofty, like that's the ceiling. Like a ceiling for him is like probably like a Tomba. Like that's like a 90 sack career is probably his ceiling. It's a high, it's a good ceiling. Like it, this team with a Tomba Holly at pick 30 for cheap. I mean, that's a big win. Is the difference in ta- is the difference in talent really that wide of a gap between pick twenty and thirty though? Yeah, well, position? yeah, it can be. I mean, if you look at historically, if you look at if you look at you know some of the late first round pass rushers, not more, not many of them have more than four or five sacks their rookie year. It's you know it's kind of it's kind of tough to break through. Like I think you yeah. even look at like Jason Owa. Like, I was looking at his stats. I'll look him up real quick. But like he had a really like Jason Owa had a really good he had a good rookie year, right? Like, do yeah, we think he was. He, everybody really. talk about how he had a, a good rookie year? Guess how many sacks he had? Three. I think he's missing it. Five. He had five sacks his rookie year. And that was the 30th pick in the draft, 31st pick in the draft. That was the 31st pick in the draft. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know. So, you, like, think, you, you think George is going to be that guy? He's not. He, he's coming off like he, he's not the guy. But he's 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 not Batman, definitely. But he might be Robin. He might sure. be Nightwing. He, which I mean, is bad. He's no. He's just. I mean, yeah. Like he's a sidekick, but like a sidekick's not the right. Like he's just a solid. He's a solid football player. Like he's a solid addition to a roster. Like 
there's value in if he can be a seven sack guy, you're thrilled because like that's a guy that's playing a lot of snaps, which is super valuable, who's playing hard, giving great effort, and affecting the quarterback. Like, yeah, he's not he's not the he's not probably gonna be the centerpiece pass rusher. Um, you gotta find, I mean, it's hard to find those kind of guys. I mean, the reason Frank Clark, first off, Frank Clark didn't have second round talent. Talent wasn't the problem. Frank Clark's talent was before pick 30 talent. You know, it wasn't the talent. So the Chiefs had to pay a bunch to get that guy and pay him a bunch to get that guy because it's hard to find those kind of physical traits. Like when it comes to pass rusher, your physical traits matter more than any position in the sport. If you are dense, explosive, and fluid, your chances of hitting as a pass rusher are way higher than anybody, which is why big, fast, fluid, explosive pass rushers go really early. And so George checks two or three of the boxes. He doesn't check all of them. But that like he there's a path to success. It's just like if he turns if he can turn, he's he's a top ten pick. That brings up an interesting question is are we ever going to be able to get those guys at the at the level that we pick? We 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 plan on picking 27 and down. Yeah. For what? The next five, six years? They will. They will pick 27 and down for the next. So okay, this, can, is, this is why I got I a think, question. I okay, got a go. question. Would you would you have a losing season? Just to like reset the roster with some top, just no, no, just no, 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 don't waste some year of Mahomes' career. If Mahomes plays, like, that's not happening anyway. No, I wouldn't sacrifice a year, but like, this is why Brett Veach went out and trades and is willing to trade first round picks to get elite talents. This is why he's been so aggressive about making sure he gets tackle. Because if you look at last year's tackle, there's probably like they traded essentially the value of pick 38. There wasn't a starting left tackle at pick 38 or pick 32 or pick 31. There wasn't a, a top. There wasn't a starting left tackle. Like Chiefs did the right thing trading for Orlando Brown. Pass rush. I know Frank's been through his stuff, but like the tape Frank put on in, Saint, in, in Seattle was worth trading a first round pick for. And you can't draft that trait at pick 28. That just doesn't happen. So. The Chiefs are either going to have to, which is what they've done, is pay for their stars with draft picks and big contracts, which they're going to probably have to do again. They'll probably do it next year, and it'll probably be for a pass rusher again. Or, you know, they're they're going to, you know, have, there's another post. You just continue to stack good players around Mahomes, and maybe you're not going to have an elite pass rusher, but you're going to have a sound defense with a lot of guys, and it's enough to win football games because Mahomes is the best player in the world. You know, like there's more ways to do it. You would prefer to have that talent, but if you're going to go grab that talent, you've got to make, you got to be a little bit, you're not getting it in the draft just by simply drafting one at 28. You got to either be really aggressive with your picks or trade them or whatever. Yes. Speaking of Patrick, Patrick LeVon Mahomes, oh, he was at the Formula One race this weekend. Uh, it was hilarious because um, I forgot what the Formula One host name is, but. He interviewed Paolo Bancaro and he thought he was Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> that was pretty hilarious. Have y'all have y'all watched F one at all, by the way? I watched some. Have you watched the have you watched the Netflix documentary? Uh, is no. that the one uh Ford versus Porsche? No, or Ford no, no, no. versus Ferrari? That's, a, that's called a movie with Matt Damon. 
I know, but it's a real race, though. <laughs> it, it was a real race. Yeah, no, there's a documentary on Netflix, and it's all about like F1, and it's a, it's incredible. Watch it; is, it'll make. Is it's, F1 the one where they ride through the streets? Uh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's yeah, it, dude. Trust me, the F1 documentary is sweet. I'm gonna watch. Yep, it's kind of it's like it's kind of like hard knocks. <laughs> it's kind of like hard knocks for F1, but it's like more honesty from the people. Like it's they're actually like. <laughs> Chris, don't act like you know what F1 was. <laughs> oh, Formula oh, One. Man. I know what Formula One is. Jesus Christ. What? I'm not nice. <laughs> F1. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, I'm just telling you, bro. It's it's it's, it's cool. You should. I will it. check it out based on uh based on your recommendation. It's on Netflix. Whoa. Have you been watching? Have you been watching wrestling? Lately, the documentaries. I, I thought we I have both- it. I did watch. I was watching a little bit of Dark Side Side of the Ring season three. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Dark Side of the Ring is amazing. I watched the really uh, the the plane ride from hell like the last couple <laughs> couple weeks ago. That was wild. <laughs> Very wild. Ric Flair, come on. Yeah, buddy. that's exactly <laughs> everybody's takeaway is like Ric Flair. Wow. <laughs> Can you Chuck? You're on the flight, and Brock Lesnar and uh, was it Brock and Goldberg? No, it wasn't well, Goldberg. It, was, it uh, wasn't Goldberg. Was it Big Show? No. Is Brock Lesnar fighting a wrestler in the air? In Bro. the airplane. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. It's, it's that's crazy. wild stuff. Um, now I just remember that we liked the. Uh, it was Mr. Perfect. Thank you, Chris. Yep. There you go. Uh, um, I just remember that we we had shared about watching those wrestling di- documentaries. That's the that's the best thing WWE does right now, really. Just rewatch the Roman Reigns. <laughs> I was watching. I was rewatching the last ride with with Taker. Um, again, because that is just. I did, watch, did, did you watch? Did you watch Undertaker's? Uh, did you watch his um, Hall of Fame speech? A little bit of it. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't see have the whole thing. I missed it. They gave him like a ten-minute ovation. It was awesome. Before they he even started speaking. Yeah, they wouldn't let him talk. They just stood there and like clapped for like ten minutes. It was awesome. You deserve it. Yep. Yep. Very oh, <laughs> Um, Kent, man. Uh, you know we love you, man. We support everything you do. Uh, the draft guide is amazing. You guys put in work. Uh, you got like five different shows. You're always on my timeline. You're always on my YouTube. I follow everything you guys do. I look up to you guys. I get a lot of information from you guys. So if I'm wrong, blame Ken. Um, <laughs> That's fine. There's people blaming me anyway. It's fine. I, I, the reason I stopped doing so many polls is because of Ken. So. Blame him. If you miss my polls. <laughs> Dog, I remember you used to go crazy with them polls, man. My goodness. It was a new it was a new feature. I had to try it out. This man, <laughs> am I having lunch today? Yes or no? <laughs> Subway or good sense. Uh hit me back in 30 minutes, please. 
Like, but nah, man. Uh, I feel like we came up together. Uh, I feel like uh, you were on, bro. You were on the first show I ever had. You were on the KC. You're on the AP draft show. You were on the last episode with the Derek Naughty bit. Yeah, yeah. Good times, man. Yeah, it was. It's funny. It's Craig and Maddie were on that too back in yeah. the day, and they were just jumping on to do like a segment like you did and and Bearcat. And, and and everybody went over there and they, look what they did to me. <laughs> Sometimes you're friends, man. You're friends. <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> no, man. Hey, man. You know, you know how I feel about you, bro. You you you've been been a good guy, man. You helped me through my housing pro- process, <laughs> like every yeah. step of the way. Ken was like, "Nah, dude. I was <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> hey, I'm." I'm being real with like, you, man. Chuck, I was like, Ken, but it got a pool in the back. He was like, dude, no. <laughs> I just remember the best, the best ones were like, it was like, so like it has this, but my wife doesn't like this. And I was just like, listen to the wife. She knows what's up. She, you can't, like, there's a lot of things you can do, but if the wife's instincts aren't in, like I've, yeah, I was like, you gotta trust the wife on it. <laughs> yeah, now I'm in a house with no air conditioner. Thank you, Ken. <laughs> hey, you gotta tell me why you taking my advice, man. <laughs> yeah, dog, I don't know how you heard without. I don't know how you without air conditioner already, bro. Like summer just started, you already without air conditioner. That's bro. It's broke eighty once. So it's broke 80 once in 2022, and already he's, like, struggle busting. Brutal, man. Just brutal. It's very brutal. I've been eating popsicles all day. Real quick, we got a schedule leak, allegedly. So um, Another one? Yeah. So the first leak already happened. Um, everybody saw NFL draft night. The Chiefs will be playing the Chargers in week two to debut Amazon Prime's Thursday night football. Or so, but this uh, came out that the Chiefs are likely to open the season at the Houston Texans, and it, they'll be playing at noon for Week One. So, uh, how go, you guys feel about three that? Sacks for George already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch him just come out, come out, just just hot, get three sacks right off the top. Just hit David Mills in the neck three times. He won't even feel it. <laughs> a lot of neck man that, 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 it can't be safe to have a neck that long it's a lot of neck, dog. You, might have to, you might have to wear like a you might have to wear a collar you know like one of those like you might have to get the brian cox collar yeah, yeah like half of it a long neck um i feel sorry for houston uh because they're gonna be the first people they get to see this new offense they get to see this new Improve, spread them out, Patrick Mahomes. So, Lonnie Johnson revenge game. Justin Reed revenge game. Ooh. Uh oh. And 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 if we steal Bradbury from them because they're very interested in Bradbury, that would be the trifecta. Yo, the best part of the draft. I'm sorry. Stealing McDuffie from Buffalo and then stealing Scott Moore from Buffalo. Best part of the draft. Oh, and you could tell, you could tell the Bills wanted. You could tell the Bills wanted McDuffie, man. You could tell. Yeah. Yo. 
Yo, yeah, thanks for um, thanks for uh, watching, man. Uh, Kent Kent got to go because Kent got to go coach his sons because he's father of the year. He has two two very handsome boys that look just like him, which is amazing. Because your wife looks way better than you. I don't yeah, know. I you must say you got you can apologize for my kids now because they look <laughs> they look like me. Well, Probably they look better than you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, hey man, Kent, I love you, man. You know I love you, you too, buddy. You gonna watch Obi Wan Kenobi or no? Yes or no? Why are you even? I'm leaving. You guys really watch both? <laughs> 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 he didn't watch both, oh. man. So he knows. I had to ask. <laughs> Country, you ain't nothing, dog. <laughs> you ain't shit, man. That was the best, man. No, nah, man. Kiss Kiss a great guy, man. He's been supporting us since since the beginning, though. But uh yeah, I was on the AP draft show and everybody went somewhere and left me by myself. That's a hey, that's all right though. I know thing over here now, so one man's trash is another man's another treasure. man's treasure. <laughs> there you go, my guy. There you go. Yo, yeah, uh, schedule, you... schedule. What we gonna do for the schedule release? What we gonna do for the schedule release? I still yeah. want Mitch Holtis. I still want Mitch Holtis on the show, man. If if you're watching and you know Mitch Holtis, tell him to call me, bro. For real. So yeah, there will be a there will be a, a schedule release show this Thursday. So, it's Thursday. Yep. So whenever does whatever the schedule drops, we have all the teams and weeks and all that. We're gonna go live. We're gonna discuss it all. So I'll be looking forward to that for sure. Yep. Yeah, we talked about that. We played yeah. Texans week one. We played Chargers week two on Amazon Thursday night football. So that'll be we're gonna get right into it. Yep. So 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 yeah. Um, I want to go back to the early comment. Uh, uh, what, one? I want to. Uh, James Davis brought up. Uh, talk about, about uh, him, but, yeah, about Canelo. So did you watch the Canelo fight? Did, you did watch Canelo actually fight? lose? Yeah, he lost. Oh, okay. I thought I thought people were joking. I I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the fight. Nah, he lost. He lost, bro. Um, he got whooped. So, I heard. Yeah, man, he tried to he tried to make some history, you know what I mean? Um, you know, going up to like heavyweight, you know, fighting somebody a little bigger than him who was also undefeated and everything. So, you know, I can't really fault him from uh, going to one of the challenge like that. But <laughs> you know, Bivo, man, he was just killing him with that jab and them counters all night long, man. And so he's a bigger guy. Yep, and his defense was better than Canelo's. So. Uh well, Canelo known him. He bounced back good when he get his when he get whooped because Floyd whooped him and he lost. He went what ten years without losing again. So that was good for him. A lesson. You should have. Sometimes you got to stay in your lane, bro. Right. Go fight and, one uh, of the Charlo brothers. Yeah, and uh, in the vegan diets, um, that's a bad idea as a boxer, man. I wouldn't do that again. I would get off the vegan diet. So, well, that's better than the uh, steroid diet. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it was bad meat. It's better than that. So. 
<laughs> yeah, just make sure the meat is good this time. So yeah, it ain't tainted. It's tainted meat. It's a Walking Dead reference. Um. <laughs> so yeah, the um schedule release. I expect us to have not the maximum number of games. I think it'll be six. I think the max is seven, right? Uh, Primetime games. KGB, so you tripping. I don't, I don't. I don't think we're gonna be playing a lot of noon games. I, I don't really foresee us playing a lot of noon games. I think it's gonna be a lot of three twenty-five. I think it's gonna be. We definitely gonna get a Monday night. We're gonna get that Thursday night. Um, we definitely gonna get those football night in America games. So I'm looking forward to it, man. It should be a good season. We play Tampa Bay this year. We play uh, every every division game. Should be good. Um, who else do we play? We play the Bills. I just want to know, know when we play the Bengals, dog. What week we play the Bengals? <laughs> I'm circling that for sure. Yeah, that's a must win. I don't care what happens. That's a must win. We got to beat Cincinnati. <laughs> James said you sound like Boogie. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, bro. You tripping, man. About so, but dude, so tune like, in, tune in, man. Uh, Friday, we're gonna be doing a scheduled show. Friday live? Nah, Thursday. Thursday, okay. Yeah, cool. All right. So, so um, so speaking of Tampa Bay, you mentioned Tampa Bay. Um, uh, y'all know you've seen the news about Tom Brady. He's gonna be uh, the new play-by-play analyst when he retires. Um, uh, he's gonna go to Fox Sports. He got a a reported ten-year, three hundred seventy-five million-dollar contract. And that's guy, more, right? yeah, that'll be making more than than he's ever made as a player. So, yeah, what did you what you think about that news? We just never gonna get rid of Tom Brady, right, man? It's like, damn, Uh-oh. we can never they can't get rid of this guy, man. Actually, he's actually, I'm I'm kind of a fan of Tom Brady when he's not playing. I think outside of the game, I think he's. A little low key, little comedian, little dry sense of humor. He's probably cool, but you giving him three hundred seventy five million dollars. He's never done this before. Like we don't know if he's gonna be good at this or not. And they already gave him three hundred seventy five million dollars. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Over under says Sharper Brady. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, nah, yeah, Brady, they can't, they can't just, fight if Skip Bayless is there. Right. I ain't going to say what I want to say. Never mind. That's not. Right. <laughs> right. That's Skip's boy, man. I'm Skip really happy about that news. <laughs> <laughs> Skip. Thomas Edward. Philip Michael. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. <laughs> is, it, is, is that even his real name? Yeah. It actually is. Who cares? <laughs> it's like, why are you? Never mind. <laughs> That's how much of a fan he is, man. That's how much of a fan no he real is. Fan, guy, man. Man. He just don't want to be a fan of Mahomes, so he go, we're Brady. And then he yeah. liked Rodgers. And then he liked Dak Prescott. And then he liked Baker Mayfield. Like, I wouldn't want him to be my fan because everybody he's a fan of turned out bad. He ain't never been a fan of Rodgers, though. He ain't like Rodgers either? No. Nah. Rodgers. Yeah. 
<laughs> Tom Brady That's just don't want to be married. That's a man. great comment, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you probably got to be in trouble with Tom Brady, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. So, uh, schedule release, man. We're going to throw a party. Everybody should be here. Uh, I think Boogie is off that day, too. So, Boogie got a new job. So, he got a new schedule. We're trying to work around it. You know what I'm saying? But he's still a part of the show. Kali is still a part of the show. We're not going nowhere. Um, so, we'll be here. We'll see y'all. Yeah, Jabba. Yeah, Jabba. We're not holding Boogie hostage, man. He's still a part <laughs> of the show. We just yeah. put things out right now, the new scheduling and stuff. So, yo, shout out to Ryan Tracy, man. Our most most viewed episode of all time. He took that Cincinnati episode and got it out of here. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have you on. I don't know. Maybe we do a maybe we do something where we bring a fan on. We have brought a fan on before. We brought Chris on, right? Yeah. Chris was on here before. One day. One day, D-Man. Keep watching. <laughs> yeah, one day we'll do, I guess we'll do like a fan appreciation show or a uh, support. Oh, no. Yeah, when we, hit, show. when we hit 300 subscribers, which we are 29 away, when we hit 300, we will do a fan appreciation show. We will bring fans on. We will send fans the link. You can come on and talk with us for three, four, five minutes. And we'll we'll do that. I didn't even clear that with the team. I'm just making a decision right there. It just came up top of the head. So if we reach 300 subscribers, we will do a fan appreciation show where guys like D-Man, Chris, Hefe, uh, Kevin the Trucker, people like that that's been down since day one. You know, we'll let them get a let them get a shot, ask some questions, and spark some conversation. Yep. So, with that being said, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Ken Swanson, for coming back onto the show. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share all your social media platforms. To the next episode, we out of here. Peace. <laughs>